Well, let me just say one more time, everybody, Merry Christmas. Man, it's good to have everybody here again. Merry Christmas to all you guys across the country I know who are joining us in right now. It's Christmas, everybody, so can we start out with a little bit of fun? Can we have just a little bit of fun? I need some crowd participation. Am I going to get some love from the 2 o'clock? You guys are going to be the fun service today, right? This is the fun service. Now, here's what I need some help with. I'm going to put some pictures on the screen, and based on your feedback, woos, claps, all the things, I want you to help me make a vote for who the greatest basketball player of all time is. Okay, that's what we're going to do. Now, for you non-sports people, just hang in there with me, okay? I promise there's a point to this, all right? So hang in. So let, let's put the first one up. Let me hear some woos. Anybody think, want to put a vote in? Really? We don't, okay. Three, three people think Kobe's good, okay? Let's see you play Kobe. Let's see how you do with that, all right? Okay, not a lot of love for the black mom, okay? I, I put this one in here. I want to see if I'd get any response for this. Anybody want to put a woo in for this guy? Oh, Really? For, for, for the GOAT vote? I'm sure, come on, can we just be real? We all know no white boys getting at the top of this list, all right? We, we know that. We know that. Okay, let's get real now. Let's get the real votes in. Anybody want to put a vote in for this guy? Who's going to give me, what do you think? Whoa! Whoa! So, what do you got against LeBron? There's some anger in this church right now, everybody. If you didn't hear that online, I got a lot of booze. Okay, you knew this was coming. You knew this was coming. Let's put the next one up. What do we got for this guy? Oh, wow. All right. Wow, it's definitive. Now, here's the funny thing about Jordan, his airness. I, I spent most of my life in Chicago, and at one point in time, my wife Nicole and I, we were dating, and we decided to make a stop by his house. So this is me many years ago acting a fool in front of Jordan's house right there. All right? That's as far as I got, by the way. That's as far as I was able to get. Now, let me do one more picture. Does anybody want to put a vote in for this guy right here? Who has no idea who that guy is? Come on, show of hands. Who has no idea who I mean? Oh, the majority of the room. There's maybe a few basketball fans. If you don't know who that is, that is Sam Bowie. And the reason why Sam is significant is he was drafted ahead of Michael Jordan. This guy got picked before Jordan himself. And the reason you have no idea who he is is because he didn't exactly live up to expectations. All right, he fell a little bit short of what everybody's hoping for. And here's the funny thing about Jordan. Don't get me wrong, people thought he was going to be good. But people didn't think he was going to be as good as Sam. And the funny thing about Jordan is he exceeded everybody's expectations. He did the totally unexpected. And he changed the NBA sports and what we think is possible in athletic competition completely around. Now, I want to shift gears here a little bit. When you think about expectations... You think about your own life, a lot of times we behave based on our expectations. So think about this. These NBA teams, they had expectations of Sam, which is why they drafted him ahead of Michael. And yet, sometimes reality proves to be a little bit less than what you expected. But on the other hand, sometimes the totally unexpected happens. Now, I know we're talking about sports here for a minute. I want to shift gears. Christmas 2022, in this moment, what expectations do you have of God? Right now, what expectations do you really have of God when it comes to your own life? What do you expect him to do for you, in you, through you? Now, you maybe wouldn't have used this language before. Some of us, though, we kind of think of God as like sort of the Santa in the sky, right? You know, he's making his list. He's checking it twice. And you better hope you haven't been naughty because he's got a lot more than cold to teach you a lesson, all right? Some of us, though, 
you wouldn't use this language either, but you might think, well, God's kind of like you're in case of emergency, break the glass, last resort, right? So on a day-to-day basis, not a whole lot of involvement, but man, when you have that emergency, why not throw up some prayers, right? You might as well cover all your bases. Now, let's be really honest here. There's a good number of us here in the room online. You have no expectations. You're right here in this room to please a family member or friend, fulfill an annual obligation, check a box. But truly, if you're honest, you'd say, I don't really expect anything from God because I don't really know where I stand when it comes to this conversation about faith anyways. Now, when we talk about Christmas, we see a God that nobody expected. 2,000 years ago, what happened in human history, you find a God who didn't just exceed expectations, he did the totally unexpected. He did things nobody would have ever imagined up. And not only is it a God who's unexpected, you see that he does the totally unexpected in our own lives. And so I want to take a few minutes and just explore this idea because I really think this has something for us right here in our moment in history too. So there's this guy named John. He had an interesting life. He actually approached Jesus in person. He knew him. And he had some encounters, and he wrote about some of his experiences, and he wrote some of these things, and they ended up in our Bible today. And this is what John says about Jesus. John 1.14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Now, that's a strange line, right? Come on, that's a weird thing to say. What's John even talking about? In the first century, this concept of word was used in many different ways. So some people used it to describe this impersonal spiritual force that kind of held everything together. But then other people use this concept to talk about the active work of God in the world. So they use it in different ways. But then John, he plucks out this concept. He says, oh, no, actually, you all are missing it. This word, this word existed before time itself. This word was with God. This word was God. Not only that, we're not talking about some vague spiritual force. We're talking about a very real personal God who doesn't just exist, but everything that exists flows from him. And this God did the totally unexpected. He came as a person. He came in the flesh. Not only that, he came and dwelled among us. He moved right in the neighborhood, y'all. He came right down the street. He got right in the mix of the human activity. And so John is saying, you need to understand, something totally unexpected happened. But it reveals something very unexpected about this God, too. Because we discover through Christmas that we have a God who is close. Now, I'm curious, my movie buffs in the room, who in here has seen this movie before? Did anybody know this movie right here? Come on. It's a little bit of an old school one. Everybody under 40 does not have a hand up right now at all. Okay. This is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. It's a little bit of an old holiday classic. But it's kind of an interesting movie because Steve Martin in this movie is a businessman trying to get home for the holidays. All right? And he has to endure all these ridiculous, frustrating situations along the way with John Candy, who kind of becomes his random companion. So if you haven't seen it, at one point in time, they got to ride the back of a pickup truck with some hillbillies to get home. At another point, they have a rental car that totally gets destroyed. And they even one night had to share a one-bed motel together. You got to decide right now, everybody. Are you the little spoon or the big spoon? Which one are you? Now... Here's the thing about the movie, though. Steve Martin will do anything to be close to his family. And we make these kinds of sacrifices to be close to the people we care about. And this is what John is saying. God took on the ultimate travel inconvenience for you. 
He didn't just take a cross-country flight. He left heaven itself to come to our broken world also he could be close. I will. <laughs> now, you got to ask the question, though. How close is God really? I mean, I can say it, but I mean, he's God, right? And a lot of us would say, you know, I, how close can God really be? There's actually a man named Elijah who lived many years ago, and some of the details of his life are recorded in the Old Testament. At one point in time, God tells Elijah, I'm going to show up you're going to experience my very presence. And so this massive wind blows through. And you're like, oh, okay, I get it. God's doing a flex. This is how God shows up. He shows some power. But he's actually not in the wind. And then this crazy earthquake shows up and just shakes everything. You're like, okay, that's how God would do it. If God's going to show up, that's the presence of the earthquake. He's not there, though. Then there's this huge fire. You're like, that makes sense. The fire and judgment of God. That's what it is. He's not in that. After all these displays of crazy power, there is a gentle whisper. And the presence of God is so overwhelming and undeniable for Elijah, he has to cover his face. You know why God can whisper? Because he's close. Paul says this. He, talking about God, is not far from any one of us. God is within whisper range. He's in very close proximity. But you got to stop here. Think about this. Proximity does not guarantee intimacy. Follow me with this. So many of us in here, you maybe know the experience of being married, all right? And you know that feeling of sharing a home with somebody, sharing the same bed, and yet you feel a million miles away, right? Come on. Any spouses ever feel that way before? This is real. There's proximity, but there's no intimacy, all right? There's no closeness. Can we be real honest for the holidays? I promise I'm not trying to meddle too much. But there's a good number of us in this room. You have family members, your own flesh and blood, who are within driving distance, who are one quick phone call away, and you're not going to talk to them at all these holidays. Proximity, no intimacy. And you think about it, when it comes to God, a lot of us in here, you'd say, okay, Brian, you can tell me God is close, but he feels a million miles away to me. Okay, I must be hard of hearing because I don't hear any of the gentle whispers of God. I don't feel the intimacy of God. And think about just relationships in general. Any times kind of the closeness kind of gets affected, sometimes it's just busyness. It's just the life details going on. It's polarization in our culture. It's even technology sometimes doesn't even help us. There's a lot of reasons for why we have disconnect in relationships. But the Bible actually gives us one core fundamental reason for why we feel disconnected from God. Isaiah says this, Isaiah 59 too, it's your sins that have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you. Now, I know this sin term is a loaded concept, especially to throw it on Christmas. But you just need to understand, all sin is are the things we do or we say that create separation in relationships. Think about a relationship in your life right now where there's proximity but no intimacy. I'm willing to make a bet somebody sinned in that relationship. Somebody did something, so now that relationship is not what it could or should be. 
You have proximity, but you don't have intimacy. And all Isaiah is saying is the same thing happens with God. We do things that separate us from him. It creates a gap in the relationship. Proximity, no intimacy. Now, I'm going to make a bet. This woman on the screen is somebody almost nobody in this room probably has heard of or seen before. This is Dorothy Sayers. Now, if you haven't heard of Dorothy Sayers before, she actually is one of the first women to ever graduate from Oxford University. Can I get a woo-woo from the ladies? Some girl love. Come on. This is girl power right here, all right? So not only was she one of the first female graduates of Oxford, she was an author of detective novels, all right? Those are two details you want to remember. Now, at one point in these novels that Dorothy wrote, she introduces this character named Peter. Now, Peter's a good dude, all right? But he's just like us. He's flailing around through life trying to figure things out, right? That's what life is. But Peter has an unexpected encounter. He meets a woman named Harriet. Now, interestingly, Harriet and Peter fall in love. They end up getting married, and this encounter with this woman completely changes Peter's life forever. Now, you know what's interesting about Harriet? She's one of the first female graduates of Oxford. She is an author of detective novels. And you step back, you say, wait, hold up. Who's Harriet? And you realize Harriet is Dorothy, the author of the books. Dorothy wrote about Peter, created this character, and out of her own compassion for her own character, she wrote herself into her own books so she could come alongside Peter and completely change his life. Here's where I'm getting everybody. You know what John is saying? God is writing a story. And we are like Peter. We're flailing around. We're trying to figure things out, right? But then God, in the most unexpected manner, came into human history. In the flesh as a living, breathing character. And he got as close as he possibly could to you. You need to know today, God has written himself into your story. And God came to deal with that separation every single one of us feel. He doesn't just want proximity. He wants intimacy. He wants to be as close as he possibly can to. He wants you to hear his very voice and experience his presence and for you to have your own life totally transformed by him. He's a God who's close, everybody. He is so much closer than you even realize. Now, here's the thing. It's not just that he's a God who's close. We see through Christmas and what God has done that this is also a God who can. Now, it's Christmas, everybody. I'm feeling a little generous, all right? So I brought some gifts for, second, for two o'clock service, just for you guys, right? I'm not doing this for any of the other services. That's a joke. Um, I got a little bear here. It's cute, right? You can use it as an ornament, go on the little desk. He's a little cute, a little festive. Does anybody want to leave the Christmas Eve services with a souvenir? Come on. Anybody want the bear? Is there anybody? Come on. Who, where are my kids? I see all the kids putting some hands up. Who wants the bear for Christmas? I kind of feel like throwing I'm going to throw it over there and just hope for the best. All right. Somebody grab that. All right. Merry Christmas. All right. I think, okay, good job, buddy. Merry Christmas to you. You keep that. You keep that. I got you. All right. I noticed something about that. I didn't see any grown people going, give me the bear. I want the bear. None, none of you guys were standing up for this thing? You ungrateful bunch of people. All right. Let me see if I can interest the adults a little bit in the room. I'm feeling generous. Oh, yeah. Who in here would like to leave Christmas Eve with some money? Oh, oh now you're interested. Oh, now I got your attention. This is $1,000 right here cash. 
Who would like to buy some more Christmas presents here? Anybody feeling good? All right, who wants to come on? Who wants some money? Who wants? Come on, you ready? You ready? No way. No way I'm throwing that money out there. Are you kidding me? I'm not stupid. I'm a pastor, not an ATM. All right. Pastor John, you know, I'm getting this Pastor John right now. You better not go spend that. I got two more services, Pastor John. My goodness. You guys. I'm sorry if I disappointed anybody. You're like, what? I could have won $1,000? Now, I'm going somewhere with this. Why'd you want that money more than you wanted the bear? Because we all know that money can really do something for you. Oh, yeah, that bear's cute. It might sit on your desk. But that money, that's rent money. That's a car payment. That's all the Christmas presents for the year with maybe some leftover. Like, that money, that can do something for you. Every person in here, you want things that can do something for you. This is why you think, man, I would love to have that car because I'm sick of fixing up that beater every other week. I want a car that can get me from A to B with no problems. Some of us, you have that dream home because you're like, what this house could do? No longer having a kid sleep in the closet, my mother-in-law sharing the bed with me and my wife. Like, it'd be great to have some space. I want a house that can do something. I know I got some gadget people in the room and you're like, oh man, that 85-inch OLED TV, man, that can do something for me. I can watch the Broncos not go to the playoffs in 8K definition. Amazing. Too soon? Is that too soon? Oh. Here's what, I'm, here's what I'm trying to say, everybody. Every single one of us, we try so many things to see if they can live up the expectations that we have. If they can really satisfy. But so many times, this is what we realize, they fall short. That $1,000, that would have been nice, right? It would have been nice to have that 1000 bucks. We all know that ain't going to solve all your problems though, right? And have we not seen enough headlines now of celebrities and business moguls? There is not enough money on planet Earth to solve all your problems. That new house, it'd be nice, right? A little more square footage, nice neighborhood, some yard, that'd be great. But guess what? It's not going to solve all the drama in the place you have right now. Now some of us in here, you've had that thing going on for years in your life. You call it a bad habit. Dependency, whatever you want to call it, you've told yourself, this is the last time I'm quitting this Christmas. And you've been saying that to yourself for years. I don't care what it is. More money, the next promotion, the better job, upgraded relationship, the next gadget, the hobby. Here's what the truth is. There is nothing that truly can. Everything falls short. All of these things can't. They can't live up to your expectations. They can't fulfill all of your desires. They will always fall short every time. Now, before Nicole and I had kids, we did the ultimate couple splurge, everybody, many years ago. We took a trip to Europe, everybody. This was, yeah, it was a woo. It was good times, all right? This, this was an incredible trip. We said we would never be, we're probably never going to do this again. We'll maybe never have another opportunity. So we said, let's go around. We saw all the cities, ate all the food, experienced all this culture. It was amazing. You know where we went for the bigger family trip this year? Branson, Missouri. Things have changed in the bigger household over the years. But here's the funny thing about this Europe trip. At one of the places we went to was the Colosseum. You know, this amazing cultural artifact. And while Nicole and I were walking around the Colosseum, I actually spotted a famous American. I said, Nicole, there's a guy right there. Now here's the thing. Many of us in this room would know who this guy is. And um, he's not so famous that he needed a full security detail, but he's a, he's a noticeable figure. And he's actually had an influence on my life. I really respect his work. So I'm like, isn't that so cool? He's right there. And Nicole, she's like, why don't you just go say hi real quick? 
I'm like, oh, no, come on. He, he's clearly with his family. I don't want to bother this guy. He's probably on some trip, too. I don't want to know him. Nicole's like, come on, just do it real quick. You'll always regret it. Don't just be the creeper taking pictures from 20 feet away. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go real quick. So I went up to him real quick. I'm like, okay, excuse me, sir. Hey, I just want to say I, I love your work. I just appreciate it. It's really changed my life. Thank you so much. I'm good. I'm good. I checked the box, right? Well, his family gets all jacked up about this. They're like, oh, my goodness. Look at this cute little guy who thinks our dad is awesome. Like, this is amazing. They said, let's take a picture. Come on, get in with our dad. Let's take a picture. I'm like, no, no. We They're like, we're taking a picture. Get next to him. So I'm like, lean next to this guy. Well, here's the thing. Everybody's excited about this picture except who? Yeah, Mr. Famous Guy. He doesn't want to be standing next to me taking a picture. So I'm like, do I put my arm around this guy? Do I touch him? Like, this is really weird. And so we take the pictures, and I finally learned in that moment what this line really means. You should never meet your heroes. <laughs> Have you heard that line before? Yeah. I know this guy probably didn't want some rando taking a picture with him at the Coliseum, but can I just say this? He didn't really live up to my expectations either, okay? I was not impressed after that experience. And I'm trying to drive this point home for every single one of us. There is not a single person or thing that will ever live up to all of the expectations of your heart and your soul. There is nothing and no one that ever can. And then Jesus shows up. And what's interesting is people start to have encounters with him. And he doesn't just meet expectations. He proves to be quite unexpected. At one point in time, Jesus encounters a man who was born blind. Think about the challenges that would create for somebody, particularly even in the first, first century. And Jesus comes up to this guy and essentially says, you're about to get the best LASIK treatment you could ever imagine. And he gives this guy 20-20 perfect vision right there in the moment. Can you imagine what that must have been like? Another point in time, Jesus encounters a guy who was paralyzed for 38 years of his life. Think about that. Just devastating. And Jesus says, you better download TikTok and start dancing right now because you're going to get up in this moment. And the guy walks, heals the guy completely. Unbelievable. All these people have encounters, and Jesus is healing people. He's multiplying food. He's teaching things that they had never heard before in their lives. There was even one moment where a family had a young boy who was really suffering. You think about that. I know there's families in our church that have kids that are really suffering. It's a hard thing. And this dad, just think about what he's feeling in this moment. He comes to Jesus, and he just says, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Just a real vulnerable moment for this dad. And look how Jesus responds. If you can, all things are possible for the one who believes. And he heals that man's child. The audacity of somebody to say something like that. But you have to understand, you know what Jesus is saying? Oh, I'm not just close. I'm not just some teddy bear. I'm not even just some pile of cash. I am God. And I'm the God who can. Hear me today, everybody. When nothing else can, Jesus can. He is the only one who really can. The only one. He doesn't just meet your expectations. He completely exceeds them and does the totally unexpected. Because even after some of these experiences, the most unexpected thing happened. Jesus was nailed to a cross. Nobody thought this was going to happen. This is the Messiah. This is the Savior. He's not supposed to die. 
He didn't live up to expectations. Everybody's disappointed. It's over. But they forgot something. This is the God of the unexpected. This is the God who can. And in that moment, what they didn't realize was that Jesus was taking all of that separation and sin of ours upon himself on that cross. And then three days later, the most unexpected thing happened. He rose from the dead, everybody, and he drilled a nail into death and sin and separation forever. And you need to hear this from me today. He did that for you. Jesus closed the gap for you. Look how Paul says this in Colossians 1. At one time, you were far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions, your sin. But now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, listen to this, he has brought you into his own presence. Hear me today, everybody. If you feel far from God, you don't have to. If you feel separated, you don't have to. Jesus made a way for you to be close. He doesn't just want proximity. He wants intimacy. He wants to give you his very presence. I have to ask you, have you had this experience? Have you had the experience of the unexpected encounter of the living God in your life? Jesus himself. I'm sure there's many of us in this room, you'd say, you know what, Brian? I've actually tried church. I've tried religion. I've even tried Christianity. And guess what? It hasn't lived up to expectations. Jesus is like Sam Bowie. He hasn't quite been what I thought he was going to be. Can I submit something to you? If maybe that's gone through your mind before? It's possible that that's happening because Jesus doesn't want to meet your expectations. He wants to exceed them. He doesn't just want to give you some religion. He wants to give you a real relationship with himself. He doesn't want to give you a more comfortable life. He wants to give you a new life. He doesn't want to meet your expectations. He wants to do the unexpected in you. He wants to enter into your story and do something in you that you never could have imagined before. That's what he's hoping to do in you. And when you encounter this God, I'm telling you, you realize, oh, okay, this is not just a God who's close. This is a God who can. This is a God who can do all things, even in my own life. There are some of us in this room, you've had that experience. You had an unexpected encounter with God himself. And you've learned, oh my goodness, this is a God who's close because you've actually felt his presence in your life. You've seen that this is a God who can because you see that he's even doing things in your own life. And you're going through this amazing journey of him entering into your story. But I also know there's a good handful of us in here. You'd say, Brian, I haven't had that experience. I don't know what it's like to experience the closeness of God in my life. And I'm not sure if he really can do all of those things. There's actually a man in our church who wanted to share his story with us here on Christmas Eve. 
And my hope is that as he shares the story, you will see that God can come close to anybody and that he really can do all things, even in your own life. Let's take a look at this video. My name is Jesse Williams. Um, I grew up in a uh, broken home. Uh, parents were never married. I was surrounded by a life of drugs and alcohol. We didn't really have much going as a kid, you know. We didn't have all the toys and all the things. Even though my mom did her best, we just always had, you know, less. And uh, so we decided that we would never have less again. So we decided to pick up, you know, crime and the dealing of drugs and things like that to earn a dollar. And uh, I first started my drug use at 12 years old, um, which led me to a juvenile sentence one year later at 13. Uh, after being released, after doing two and a half years as a juvenile, I got out. I went to basically when I went to juvenile hall, I learned how to be a better criminal. So I got out and I decided to do that. And I picked up selling and doing drugs um, as a, um, I guess, a profession, which ended me up with a 14 year sentence in prison. I did seven years on that 14 year sentence. Um, I got out, went right back to the life of crime and bad decision-making um, and uh, which led me back into the county jail facing a 96-year sentence. The things that I thought God couldn't do or wouldn't do was break that bondage of addiction. I just did. I just thought that it would, it would never, never happen. I was trapped in it for 20 years. I was in the county jail. Um, I was actually at 10,000 feet on top of a mountain in uh, Blackhawk, Central City. Gilpin County. Um, and I remember looking out of a window on my last term of sentence, um, looking down at this church, and I just felt this like sense of comfort. And I knew that I would, that that was it. I was going to change my life for good. Once I took that leap forward and took the step forward into actually getting on my knees and surrendering my life, just literally within minutes, just like vanished, absolutely vanished. I was behind bars and I felt so free. I really did, I felt free. I talked to Kristen every day on the phone and even then though, like comforting her to let her know that like, you know, I, I, this bondage of addiction and, and crime and it's gone. Like I'm gonna come home and I'm gonna show you the man that I can be, that God intended for me to be. She came on my side, she, you know, we, you know, talked about you know, our relationship with God, our relationship. And, um, you know, two years later, I was released on that five-year sentence. That's when we were able to actually start our life. It, it was crazy. Everything, every job I found, I found three really good jobs. One I still have today, but it was like, God was just like opening so many doors for me. He, it was amazing. Like I, le I left one job for a better job, went to another better job. And then before you know it, we bought a house. Every door was open. Um, I just got released from prison, had no work history. By rights, you're not supposed to buy a house. You gotta have some work history. They gotta be able to trust you to know that you can pay a mortgage. And everyone told me no. They were like, nah, we can't loan you money. And then one day I got a hold of somebody, they were like, 
We'll loan you money for a house with no work history, no background, no job, so to say, because I had just been released. And uh, God opened that door as well. I would like to say to everybody uh, that just just to trust God. To, to If you are going through anything as far as addiction or, or you know, a turmoil marriage or, or any sort of any problem that makes you feel uncomfortable, I would just say to, to really try to fully commit yourself to God. Surrender everything to Him and He'll show you exactly how close He is.
close, everybody. He's not far from any one of us. He's just a whisper away. And I know you hear this message, you hear Jesse's story, you think, okay, man, you know, that, that, good for that guy. <laughs> but, you know, that, that's one of those unexpected stories that don't happen too often. You know, but I'm not sure if God really could or would for me if I could experience that kind of presence and power in my own life. You need to know that this is not something that depends on you living up to some spiritual criteria or living up to some church attendance standard or, or cleaning everything up about your life. We actually have a promise right from God's word. It is this simple. It simply says, come close to God and God will come close to you. That's all it takes, everybody. He is waiting for you to reach out to him. He wants to come right into your life. And right now in this moment, I know there's a lot of us here, you came in expecting just another Christmas Eve service. Check in the box. But what you didn't know was that God had a divine appointment for you right here. And he wants to do something unexpected in you. He wants to completely enter into your life and not just be close, he wants to save you. He wants to close that gap of separation that you have from him. He wants to forgive all of your sins. He wants to cleanse you. He wants to transform your life just like he did for Jesse. He wants to do that for you. And even though you weren't expecting this, God now is giving you this opportunity to come close to him. And I promise you, he will not deny that desire. If you reach out to him today, he will come into your life. And I'm gonna pray in just a moment here. We'll all pray together as a church, just as a way to worship God. But in this prayer, I'm gonna open up some space for anyone who wants to, to reach out to God, to come close to him. And you need to know God, he knows your thoughts, he knows your heart, he even hears your prayers. And so if you will even just pray along with me, I promise you, God knows where you're at and he will meet you right in that moment. And so I'm gonna pray right now and I wanna invite all of you guys to join me right now. Will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you so much that you are a God who is close. Not only that you are a God who can, you can do all things, Lord. And we worship you today knowing that you came in the flesh, that you came and dwelled among us. And Lord, I pray right now, I know many of us, we may not have expected this moment, but right now you're stirring in people's hearts. You're saying, come close to me. I wanna come close to you. And right now in this moment, some of you, you are sensing that stirring of the Holy Spirit in your life. You're sensing God reaching out to you. You're sensing his gentle whisper saying, come close. I wanna come close to you. And right now, you can just pray. Pray right along with me. Lord, I want to come close. I'm coming close to you right now, just as I am. Lord, I want you to do the unexpected in me. I want to experience your presence. I want your plans for my life. I want you to show me that you can do all things in my own life. And Lord, I pray right now for those who are reaching out to you in their hearts and in their minds that you would honor them in this. You would not deny them or let them experience your presence. Lord, I pray they would leave this place different, that you would take them on this journey, that you would enter into their very story, Lord, and do something they never could have imagined for their own lives. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Everybody said, amen. I truly want to congratulate some of you who are praying right there with me. I really, God knows. And you might be feeling different things at this point. That's not what it's about. But you need to know God is going to take you on a journey. And actually, some of our team are now going to come forward. If you guys want to get your candles ready, we want to solidify this moment for us. We want to make this just a, a moment. So find your candles. Some of our team will come around. And if you have the one that's lit, if you can just hold it steady and the person next to you will hold theirs sideways. 
and light it right next to yours. We'll get all of these candles lit up in the room. As we're doing that, if you are somebody here who really wants to come close to God, maybe for the first time, maybe you've just drifted for years. Maybe this is your first time at church in a long time. I want you to know after we sing and close this service, we actually have a free gift for you. We'll have some people from our team right at the front. We have a free Bible for you. And this isn't just any Bible, everybody. It has an app. It has a special commentary. We have some instructions slipped in there for you on some next steps you can take in your faith journey. There are no strings attached, everybody. If you don't have a Bible, you're new to the faith, come up. We will hand this to you as our gift to you, okay? That's our gift. Now, as we finish lighting these candles, it may not be a shocker. We're about to sing Silent Night together. But I'm hoping that this truly is a moment for some of us to mark. Because this song is all about our unexpected God who came as close as he possibly could in the very flesh. And some of us, hopefully we can sing this song with some fresh appreciation of our God who did everything he possibly could to be close to us. But I'm praying that some of us in this room, you are actually gonna sing this song with some true words of faith. That you're gonna sing this song for the first time to your savior, Jesus. And so I wanna invite all of us to sing this from the heart as we sing this last song together. Go ahead and take it away, guys. Sing this again. Yes. 
Thanks for tuning in to this week's message. If you would like to learn more about Northern Hills, you can go to nhills.org. You can also follow us online on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram for more updates and events. We look forward to seeing you next week.